Hey everyone, welcome back to the Last Word on Sense podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger, and we finally have regular season Ottawa Senators hockey to talk about. I am recording this on Sunday night at 10 p.m. The Senators are fresh off of back-to-back wins against the Philadelphia Flyers and the Tampa Bay Lightning at home. It was an absolutely amazing weekend, and we are going to get into all of that in this podcast. Um, But before we do, I think we do need to start with their season opener, which was in Carolina on Wednesday night. Uh, That one definitely did not go quite as how uh, Ottawa was hoping. Uh, They had to play a man down because uh, Zach McEwen uh, was a little banged up. They they haven't placed Norris on IR. They obviously don't have Pinto, and they don't have the cap space to call anyone else up. So if McEwen was going to miss another game, which he didn't, they would have been able to uh, have an emergency recall after that. But uh, Wednesday, they played with 11 forwards, 6 defensemen, and it really showed. Um, That Carolina team is a solid team. They're 2-0-0. Uh, as I'm recording right now, I think they are losing to the Anaheim Ducks 3-1, to but uh, nonetheless, they are a very good team, and they showed that on Wednesday. I thought Ottawa had some highlights for sure. The first period was good. They came after 20 with uh, a 1-0 lead, and, and they really quieted the building on what was a, a loud opening night for Carolina. Um, but just like the story was last year, uh, the second period and even into the third really just kind of fell apart. Uh, they let up 42 shots in the game. They only took 30, so Carolina definitely outplayed them. Carolina scored twice in the second and three times in the third, uh, including a shorthanded goal as well. Um, the, the biggest thing, I think, for me about this game was just how many similar errors, I guess I would say, to last year where, you know, there was people just losing their, their man, you know, not, not taking who they should be covering in front of the net, stuff like that, and... and um, that's, I think, what was really frustrating to fans after the game. It was pretty evident that, you know, it's like, oh, are we going to see some of the same stuff that, you know, we saw all of last year and honestly for three or four years at this uh, point. But, um, you know, I, I think there was probably some overreactions after the Wednesday loss. You know, I, I saw people already saying, like, trade Tarasenko, and Tarasenko didn't have a good game or any uh, by any means, but... And I didn't think Corpusal. Corpusal played really, really well to start the game, but I thought he let up a couple softies near the end of it, um, or in the middle, I guess I should say. Um, again, like he he finished with forty two shots against, so it's not like he definitely wasn't the reason they lost. But when you have eight eighty one save percentage, it's just not going to be easy to win games. Um, but he was again not on the top of the blame list in my opinion. Um, there were still some encouraging uh, things, I think, from the game. Uh, Tim Stutzel looked really good during the game. I, 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 I'm really liking uh, Chartier's play. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not actually sure about that. I should probably check. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought uh, Stutzel played pretty well. Stutzel's game was up and down, I should say. He had a couple really nice plays. He had a goal himself. Uh, he had a really big hit on Jarvis, which was cool to see. Uh, but then he absolutely got his pocket picked uh, in the corner, which led to a 3-1 goal for the Hurricanes, which uh, you just we couldn't have. Um, then he ties the game at 3-3, as I mentioned. He gets his goal. But then the 4-3 goal is a, is a turnover from Stutzel as well. So uh, definitely a, an up-and-down kind of thing for the Senators, which... Uh, Led to a lot of frustration, but uh, that was quickly rectified uh, over this weekend. 
the Philadelphia Flyers come in for their home opener for to play Ottawa in Ottawa's home opener on the Saturday afternoon. It was a 1 p.m. start, and everything about this weekend just went as well as you could have asked for if you were the Ottawa Senators. It was announced that Daniel Elfordson is back with the team. They don't even have a defined role for him yet, but they said we're just going to figure it out and uh, we'll we'll give him an exact title later. But it's just awesome seeing the relationship building. Uh, before the game on Sunday, Neil, Phillips, Elfordson, and... Um, they they were all out at center ice for the for the puck drop like it, it was just incredible stuff. Um, Michael Anlauer has really really made a commitment to kind of bringing back you know what this team this market lacked and, and that's you know connection with the past team that everyone enjoyed and and you know even just every time that I hear him talk he goes he says we want him talking this Ottawa market but it's not just Ottawa he always says Ottawa Gap now and. I'm not from the Ottawa area, um, but from everything I've heard from people who do live around there, it is an important distinction that he is including them as well, which which completely makes sense. So, um, yeah, from an off-ice perspective, I, I really think that this weekend went just about as good as you could have hoped. Um, I think the only thing that people really wanted more would be Shane Pinto signing and hopefully good news on Josh Norris. Uh, there are some signed Pinto chants going at the end of the Saturday game when the Senators were up. Um, but those two games were phenomenal. They uh, they lost 5-3 on Wednesday. They turn around, win 5-2 on Saturday, and win 5-2 on Sunday as well. Uh, the Flyers game was quite the up and down. Um, the Senators were the better team. There There is no disputing that. You know, like I think they got outplayed a lot on um, Wednesday night, but on Saturday, they, you know, they outshoot Philly 31-21. to um, Chitron looked amazing. He had two goals and assists. Brady had two goals as well. Sanderson had a goal and assist. He looked really, really good. Sanderson, this shouldn't really shock anyone, but Sanderson is looking like what everyone expected him to look like. Um, Giroux had two assists. Tarasenko had two assists. Like, everyone that you needed to chip in was chipping in. I thought uh, Zub had a bit of a rough game, um, but overall, like, the, the and, and Forsberg, Forsberg made a couple really, really big saves at the end of the, in the third period. Um, there was a couple, you know, like when they let their, the first two Philly goals in, it was, um, with like three minutes left in the first and it was right after they had scored in the second to put themselves back up uh, or put themselves two goals up and, and they weren't necessarily like brutal goals or anything, but it was the classic, like, oh, that would have been nice to have just to keep the momentum. Um, but he made a couple absolutely massive stays near the end of the game where Ottawa definitely went into prevent defense. Uh, the shots were like 20 to four or something for Ottawa at one point. Like Philly didn't have a shot for 11 minutes and scored on the, the one that they did. But uh, overall, this was a really, really encouraging game. Um, and just a great way to start the season at home. The, the CTC looked like it was rocking. Uh, they announced 107% capacity, about 20, 000, just over 20,000 people. Um, so that's really encouraging as well because, you know, um, I've often stated I think attendance stuff is overrated on some areas where people are going, oh, my God, they only went 92% attendance for a game? Like, how embarrassing. But it's also probably, you know, it, it is a talking point when you have a good team. Um, you know, like Winnipeg's home opener only had 13,000 people show, which is still 87%. Uh, they have a 15,000-seat arena. But, like, like that is more concerning to me than a, a team like Ottawa that's clearly, you know, selling out the building for an afternoon game. So, um, yeah, the, Saturday went absolutely amazing. Brady Kachuk with his first two goals of the season. Sanderson, Chitron has two as well. And then that leads into Sunday where 
Um, I personally came away from Saturday really encouraged with the team's effort. You know, there's still stuff they got to clean up, but after the first game, it was a good bounce back. It kind of eased the nerves, I would say, a little bit of people, um, which was really needed. But heading into Sunday was going to be the real test. Obviously, the Lightning are without Vasilevsky, and it was announced uh, about an hour before game time they're going to be out without Stamkos, and that the goalie starting was a 29-year-old rookie who had never played an NHL game. So automatically, cue up the jokes. Uh, Matt Tompkins is his name. of like, oh, this is going to be a 40-save, one-goal-against kind of performance. But Ottawa proved they are trying to be a different team, and they look like a different team. Um, they come out, and they absolutely dominate the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is the most encouraging performance I have seen from this franchise in such a long time. Like I'm, I'm sure there were a few games, and there, there were obviously times last year where you'd be really encouraged with what you saw after a game. But like for this team to go out and dominate the Tampa Bay Lightning like that, um, you know, I, I haven't pulled up their advanced stats, but the, the shots were 37 to 24. Like this was not a case of Ottawa was getting doubled in shots, but they had a 29-year-old rookie in the other net, so they scored a bunch. They absolutely dominated this game. Um, they, you know, they fell asleep for about 10 minutes, I would say, in the second period, maybe even five, and uh, Tampa struck early in the second, and that was about it that I thought that Tampa had for momentum, really. Like, I, this was one of the better games I have seen in such a long time as I'm just pulling up the pulling up the stats here. And, uh, like, at five-on-five... Five, um, the expected goals were 55% for Ottawa. Corsi 4 was about 56% as well. And again, like in my opinion, if you go to all strength, it's about the same as well. Um, and in my opinion, like they kind of, I don't want to say toned down, uh, but in the third period, that is when uh, Ottawa had the lowest. They had 75% of the shot attempts in the first period, 58 in the second and 27 in the third period. Um, and that's not just them turning off the gas. That's just kind of natural score effects where, you know, a team that's got a two-goal lead in the, in the second period is going to play a little more prevent defense. Um, you know, it still maybe was a little more than you would have liked, but overall, I thought this team played phenomenally tonight. Like, Tarasenko, Matthew Joseph, Ridley Gregg was a line that was just buzzing every time they were on the ice. Uh, it is going to be super interesting to see what they do. Jake Sanderson and Artem Zub were dynamite tonight. Sanderson led the team with a 71% Corsi 4. Zub came in second with 66. Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux, Tim Stutzler were all on 65% as well. That line looked amazing. Then Ridley Gregg, Joseph Tarasenko, all mid to high 50s. Chichar and Chichar were right at 50. Um, and then the uh, the Kubalik-Batherson... Um, line they they struggled tonight um i've got to be honest you know i i'm not i'm not super worried it, it's only a couple games but uh dominic kubalik has been someone that's been a little worrying especially with matthew joseph on the other side of things looking absolutely phenomenal he's already had a couple goals he's got a couple points this year um he's buzzing all over the ice again him and greg and tarasenko look like they have some great chemistry starting to form here so i'll be really encouraged to see um you know how that develops but um, Dominic Kubelik has definitely had a bit of a, a rough start, I would say. And Eric Branchum has been up and down. I think if you're looking at guys that definitely need to pick their game up a little bit here. Um, but again, like th these two games were absolutely phenomenal. Closure Roo picked right where, picked off right where he left off, uh, picked up right where he left off last year. Like he just looks uh, ageless right now. Um, still had a bit of an interesting game. He was not happy when he got knocked down on a call. 
and then got called on a really weak roughing call. But I'm getting to the point where it's it, it, it's kind of in the middle somewhere where I hate when refs, you know, when you have a quote-unquote reputation. We honestly saw this with, like, Michael Bunting in the playoffs last year. It gets to the point where, like, if the refs think that you sold a call or two, you could get mauled on the ice and it doesn't matter. Um, so that is frustrating. But at the same time, you're not going to help yourself by getting up and complaining every single shift or every single game. It feels like two to three times a game, Stutz is sitting there yelling at the ref. And, and I get he's passionate, and that's great. But there are just a couple times where I really think he's probably got to settle down and think about, you know, is this the smartest thing for me long term? Um, or is this just going to piss the ref off even more? And, you know, make it worse for myself. He, he did end up drawing one later in the period. And uh, it was a bit of a makeup call, if I remember correctly. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's not that big of a deal. But it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, he's just, it's something to monitor, I think, as the year goes on. Because right now, it's obviously not an issue. But if it keeps getting worse, God forbid, like, it definitely will be an issue. So, um, yeah, that's the three games they've played so far. Uh, I, again, I, I think it's hard to not be really impressed with what this team has done. Um, Artem Zub looked really good tonight, as I mentioned on the Sunday. Sanderson's looked great all year. Um, Shabbat and Chitron have had ups and downs. Chitron, I thought, looked really good on Saturday. And, and Shabbat is going to be, I think, a polarizing figure for Sens fans this year. Um, he still just makes some plays where it's like, oh, dude, what are you doing here? Um, like, like, what are you thinking on that, on that play? Um, and... I don't know. Like, again, his ice time has dropped a little, which is nice. He's down to 24.45 is what he was at tonight. Um, again, I still think that is probably a little too high, uh, if I'm being honest. Um, especially because, if I am not mistaken, uh, Jake Sanderson played closer to, like, 18 minutes, 19 minutes. Um, so, again, like, I'd just rather see them balance it out. Chichiro is around 21 minutes as well, which is encouraging. So, at least Shabbat's not up in, like, the the 27 minute area or anything like that. Um, and you know, even, even Saturday he played 25, 19. So that's like a full minute and a half down from where he's been for the past couple of years, which is encouraging. But again, like uh, Sanderson had 1950 on, on Saturday. You could probably give Sanderson an extra minute of Shabbat's ice time and, and have it at 24 and 21 uh, in the minutes column there. And I think it would still even do wonders for, for Shabbat who, who did have a good game on Saturday, I should say. As well, uh, I just think he might again be a bit of a polarizing, uh, polarizing topic for Sens fans this year. If uh, you know some of those uh, defensive mistakes is really what they are, don't get out of the game. But um, yeah, again, super encouraging signs overall. Uh, I think the two biggest talking points as we go into this week are definitely going to be what happens with Shane Pinto. It doesn't sound like they are super close to a deal, which is uh, discouraging. Um, again, the Sens just really don't have cap room, which is a self-inflicted wound. You don't really get too much sympathy, uh, but I think Pierre Dorian's got to be sighing a bit of, uh, having a sigh of relief here because they won tonight. If they would have lost and, you know, like if if they were 0-3 or 0-2-1 or something, or even 1-2, I, I think the noise would be a lot louder uh, about from fans about where, why are we playing without, you know, the guy who's supposed to be our third line center and could probably slide up to the second line while uh, Norris is out. Um, but they get the win and they looked really good this weekend doing it. So um, I, I think that tension will ease off. But again, I just don't think it can go longer. And the other thing to keep in mind is the longer that Ottawa doesn't sign him, 
the bigger his cap hit is going to be for the season. So even if the actual money doesn't go up, if they sign him to a $2 million deal, but it happens in December, that's going to get prorated to be adjusted for whatever's on the cap. So it might actually look like a three point something million dollar deal on the cap for this season, which is something that Ottawa already can't afford because they're so squeezed. They need to kind of get this done right now. They need to figure out how to how to free up some money. Um, you know, that, that it's got to happen soon. And then the other question is Josh Norris. You know, the Suns announced that they were going to have an announcement, or, uh, yeah, an announcement on him today at like 4.15. The announcement was, we don't really have an update. We're not really sure yet. Um, this is getting out of hand, to be honest. Like, a couple weeks ago, he had a setback. They're like, oh, it's not going to be that bad. He can skate in a couple days. He didn't. They're like, okay, we're not really sure. Then we're not really sure. And they've just kept pushing it back. They're like, well, we're hoping he's going to be back in a couple days. It's like, but this is the seventh time they've said that. And again, it's a shoulder injury, which already last year we saw him rush back from. He didn't want to get surgery, which again, if you want to rehab, that's your decision. But the first game in, he re-injures it, and then he's done for the season. And it looks like it's going to be an injury again. So it's just, uh, it's kind of scary stuff. And from Josh Norris's perspective, like I understand, it must be even more mentally tough than even just physical too, of like being so worried that anytime you go into the corner and take contact, you know, you might throw your shoulder out. Like I can't imagine how frightening that must be so um those are going to be the two big stories to kind of watch as we uh as we roll on here um but the auto centers have a huge week coming up washington visits them on wednesday uh and then they're off until saturday so they do have a break and then they're off until tuesday so it's not a, a rigorous schedule but washington uh, detroit buffalo the islanders and the penguins are their next five games this is absolutely critical if you can win if you can go 3-1-1 of those next five games, hell, if you can go 4-1, you are already putting yourself in such a great spot for the standings because all five of those teams are probably teams you're going to be competing about, uh, against. And uh, I did actually write about that for uh, last word on hockey.com. You can go and check it out. You can also find it on my Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for me here. I am aiming to be back uh, probably next week, maybe after the Capitals and Red Wings game. And, and fingers crossed, hopefully we have some good news on Norris and maybe even a Shane Pinto contract to talk about. So um, as mentioned, you can follow me on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. This podcast is also on Twitter at Last Word on Sends. Uh, and I actually just made a, po- a Twitter account for my other podcast I do with Chase McCallum. Well, the M&M Hockey Pod is what the at is on Twitter you can find that wherever you're listening to this podcast right now as well. Um, we talk about all teams in the NHL, so this is obviously just Ottawa Senators focused. That one does all 32 teams, so if you want my opinion on on what's going on around the league, we still absolutely talk Ottawa on there as well. Um, but it's you know more nuanced as well, where we'll we'll talk about Vegas, we'll talk about uh, the Lightning, you know, the Leafs, wh- whoever, you know, wh- whatever's in the news. Um, you know, Colorado, they, they had a contract signed this week. We'll talk about them. Um, so we're going to have the watchability rankings coming out and, uh, can't wait for everyone to see where I have Ottawa. I tried doing it as a bit of a neutral spectator, but, um, yeah, again, find all my work at lastrunhockey.com. I, uh, have an article on, um, the Sens schedule coming up. And then I also have a Kitchener Rangers scouting article or not scouting, but, uh, they're, they're hot start this uh, year as well. So if you want to check out some OHL content, you can check it out there. Um, I want to thank everyone so much for listening. I hope everyone has enjoyed the start of the season as much as I have. Very happy the Senators are back, and I will talk to you all next week.